What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive, that didn't involve money or hustle culture, and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion, and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Bream. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Thank you for coming onto the show. Really appreciate you being here. So this interview is with Marie Mason, who I I don't even remember how we got talking, honestly, but we had an intro call a couple of months ago, just, you know, to shoot the shit and meet each other and just realized that we had so much in common and I really loved hearing her journey. You know, we were originally just talking about marketing and all the things that goes into loving marketing. And she began talking about just almost as an aside about this book series that she was working on and she's been working on for a long time that helps kids with dyslexia learn how to read and become more confident. Uh, I was totally blown away by this. And I was like, wait, why? let's talk about this. This is fascinating. And so I wanted to bring Marie on and talk about not only marketing, because we love to talk about marketing and you can't stop us from talking about marketing, but also about creating a community in this world of overcoming a disability, but also just finding a community and supporting it and raising each other up in this community so that you all win and feel better. And just like, it's, it's such an inspiring story. I love it. And I love Marie. I hope you will too. Here's my interview with Marie Mason, all about creating a community. Hi, I'm Marie Mason. I'm passionate about helping others share a clear message to attract their target market more effectively. So beautiful. So Marie, you know, you and I were talking before and decided we were best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of how that works when you talk to people, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Especially in marketing. But what really fascinated me about your story was um, your history with helping kids with things like dyslexia and things like that. And so Um, I really wanted to get into that story too and just kind of, you know, talk about how you started that, your book launches and all of those things and um, how you think we can all help kids. And then definitely we want to talk about all of the marketing stuff behind that too. Okay, cool. Where do you want me to begin? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a whole different ball of wax right there. Right, right. (laughs) So um, I think that we should probably start in you started thinking about this in the 80s, right? Correct. Yeah. I was in college when mm-hmm. I started writing my book and it was a class project, go figure, because you know those how those things go. And um, it was for a literacy teacher who I absolutely adored. He was only there for one year, a semester even, I think. And I was so disappointed that he didn't stick around past a year. I think he was there for like a whole year. And I think after that year, he just, he 
they didn't want him in there for some reason. I think because he was one of those rebels and thought out of the box and like mm. the fact that I thought that way so we connected. And so he had this class project where he wanted everybody to write a children's book um, because it was for my early child education degree because that was one of the things I did was I have a associate's in early child education and a bachelor's in human development just to give you a quick background story. Mm -hmm. And um so for one of my projects was, and I don't, I think it was my senior year project. It was to, to write a book. So um, everybody was supposed to write a children's book since we were all in the, in the education field. And so we were all studying for that. So I wrote about dyslexia because based off of a good friend of mine growing up, um, we would, he was actually the bully of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> in my school and I hung around him because I felt safer around him than I did around the rest mm -hmm. of the classmates. I don't know if anyone can relate. And I was the one that was like picked on the most. So it was because I was um I had a learning disability myself. It was mm -hmm. auditory perception. So um and I felt like people were just misunderstood and both teachers and parents and even kids were just totally misunderstanding what learning disabilities were. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to define that and I wanted to make sure that dispel any myths and also to kind of really focus in on acceptance as a choice. And the mm -hmm. thing is we have People have got to understand we're all unique. We all have different gifts and abilities, and we all could contribute in different ways. And and I'll give one myth. Sometimes people will, will hear things like dyslexia or auditory perception or whatever it is that they hear. And, and with auditory perception, they think that I'm deaf. No, I'm not deaf. I, it's auditory means perception means that I just perceive things differently. So mm -hmm. what I hear translates and comes out of my mouth sometimes differently than what I may hear someone say. Mm. Anyone remember the, I'm sure we've had this discussion before, but the telephone game, you know, yep. where the teacher or the, or the person that was at one end of the line would sit there and say sentence and ask everybody to repeat it. And it was always funny because at the end, it, it, and, and they would repeat it to each other. They would like whisper to the next person mm -hmm. so the other person couldn't hear it. And inevitably it always came out differently than what the teacher said <laughs> it was always i always found that amusing but um and so that's why we can have fun and laugh about it but uh that's how a brain works with somebody who has an auditory perception it also is the same way that with anybody who has a learning disability when it comes to the word perception because what happens is our brain hears things or see things or we touch things and sometimes it translates into something else that we, and then only with people learning disabilities i know it's not spelled right <laughs> but that's how i see it you know mm -hmm. and and it's it's in the book i even describe sorry i just i itch i scratch it's just the no, way it's, it's just y'all just have to bear with me but anyway we're all real people okay. um long story short though the um kid the child in there i think he talks about you know how he sees the word the lost dog is the name of the book that's in there in the book that he has to read the title of and he says the lost bog because he looks at the picture mm. of the dog and sees the word bog that's how a dyslexic's brain sees it it reverses letters sometimes mm. words sometimes um in in there's even a math dyslexia that actually versus numbers, you know, there's so many different variations of that one thing, but it's the dyslexia is the most commonly known about mm -hmm. learning disabilities, which is why I started with that. And I, like I said, I based it off my friend who in this case wasn't really being a bully, but just was acting kind of like goofy and, you know, disruptive and 
kids with learning disabilities can get bored really quick. Mm. Um, and especially if it's something that they don't like to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, one of the things I have learned is that um, you have to keep them engaged in order to um, keep their mind focused on what they're trying, what you're trying to get them to do. Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you're, if you're putting them off, what I saw even in 2017, when I was substitute teaching, how people with learning disabilities or needed some special attention would put the people in the back of the room. And my biggest, when I was working with them, um, I noticed that they were saying, oh, well, we can't see the board. We can't hear the teacher. We can't follow along because the teacher's talking too fast. Mm-hmm. And I heard other complaints from other parents with kids with learning disabilities or special needs. And, and one of the things that the teacher needs to do is they need to learn to slow down long enough for all of their students to catch up. Mm. And I know that's going to be hard because you might lose some of the kids who want to be fast paced, but you've got to find that happy little medium in between so that we can learn to teach them and reach more of our students because mm. you're losing some of these students that really need that extra attention. And uh, the problem is that a lot of the stu- teachers don't even know how to handle working with them properly. That's why they end up bringing in specialists because they want someone who's got to sit with them one-on-one and focus on their needs and how to work with them. Mm. But um, it's, and and integrating them into the classroom is a great idea, but at the same time, they need to be able to find a better balance in how to do that. I don't know if that answers that other question, which is how do we work with that? But Mm. it all, they all kind of seem that, I know I went down a rabbit hole because <laughs> I tend to do that, but um, it all blended together because mm-hmm. if you think about it, look at how we teach people today. We're using a lot of technology and which is an asset, not a, not a, not a deficit, but at the same time, use it in a way where the kids are going to benefit the most. Mm-hmm. That's my suggestion. And, and don't dismiss these kids who act up because they, if they're act up, it's usually because, okay, maybe they're trying to figure out what you said before and they're trying to get antsy because they're trying to give you, get your attention to ask, say it again. Mm-hmm. So repeating what you said may sound redundant to you as the teacher or the parent or whatever it is that you are in that role in their life. But sometimes repeating it a couple of times so that people can catch on it also helps the people that are, that, you know, are not in that having that challenge because, you know, we may write fast as adults, but as kids, they may not write quite as fast and they mm. may not be able to grasp everything so quickly enough, even with regular learning abilities, you know. Um, so you have to understand that repeat the, the information you really want them to learn mm-hmm. would be very beneficial to a student who's dealing with learning abilities. Also, keep the wording simple, mm. you, especially when you're giving instructions, because that's something I learned while I was teaching. Um, if you give too many instructions, like you need to put this folder on this desk and that desk and XYZ desk and and then sharpen the pencils and do this and give them like a dozen different things to do. Mm-hmm. That's going to have them shut down really quick and not be receptive to your request. Okay. Setting them up for failure. Sure. Pretty yeah. much. And yeah. that's what it boils down to because and you said it perfectly. It sets them up for failure. You want 
the goal for anybody who's working with learning disabilities, where you're a teacher, a parent, or whatever, instructor, whatever it is, whether a tutor, whatever, set them up for success. That's the what worked with me is for is with people who worked with me and they set me up for success was helping keep a simple instructions, mm-hmm. repeating the instructions, making sure I understood the instructions, and then in my case, having it also written down helped because mm-hmm. that way I can do like a checklist and just kind of go, but that's how my brain worked. Everybody works it out differently. Some people are very good auditory and can pick it up. I need to hear it, see it and say it. Mm-hmm. And I need to write it down too sometimes, but sometimes, but if so, if it was written down for me, I could at least do like a checklist and say, okay, there you go. Sure. But everybody learns a different way. Um, and there's nothing... And, and, and the problem is that there's so many people out there that um, have this misconception that we're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to dispel that myth, too. We're not stupid. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's such an unfair stigma. It is. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I kind of picked up on even as a child. And I was told I was smart, but at the same time, I was told in, in a, a sandwiched way. <laughs> <in all laughs> of the times. Um, and, and, you know, that cookie cutter sandwich, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, this is a positive with a negative and then a positive, which is also nice feedback. But, you know, at the same time, it does put a little stigmatization on you when you're a child. And then you mis- misinterpret thinking, okay, I'm stupid. You know, that's right. sort of what you get. You hear the negative more than you hear the positive. Mm-hmm. So um, with that said, I found out that um, focusing more on what they do right rather than what they do wrong Mm -hmm. and setting them up for success rather than for failure. Because when you focus more on what they do wrong Mm -hmm. and you don't tell them how to change it, it's not going to help them Mm -hmm. if you tell them that they're doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. If you don't give them instructions on the how-to part, the what is not going to change. And and that's where I have had the biggest challenge in my whole entire life with people not giving that clear instruction. Mm. Well, and I imagine that, especially with children, like self-esteem plays a big role into this, right? And I imagine that it's incredibly fragile for kids, but for adults too. And so are there like cognizant steps that you think people can take to, and I know you're saying like, give them short lists, actionable steps keep it, you know, don't give them a million. Yeah. Right. But um, how do you like, I want to ask like, how do you check in on the self-esteem of a kid with a learning disability, but also um, what are signs that you think people would have of like, um, they're having an issue with self-esteem or with, um, Cognitive abilities, or that's a whole big question. So you can take from that whatever you want. I might have to pick that apart. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Those are those are like almost three separate entities. Right. Yeah, so exactly. I'm yeah. going to tackle the self-esteem as that topic because that's a really big key with learning yeah. disabilities and with anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here it is. My suggestion is treat them with respect, mm-hmm. ultimately, uh, regardless of who they are what the learning disability is, what gender, what, what, what background, what ethnic background, I mean, what skin color, I mean, regardless of who it is, treat everyone with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 
one of the things I am trying to kind of emphasize is, is the signs that I've seen growing into the field of education and stuff like that and just teaching over the years. Sorry, my brain thinks faster than my, my <laughs> mouth sometimes. <laughs> so if I stutter and fall, I'll just gotta go with it. Um anyway, I'm just saying I'm not perfect, but anyway, I just keep I'm a work in progress. <laughs> That's my disclaimer. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, you need to be able to look out for these key signs when it comes to um self-esteem. Um, look at their posture. Are they happy? Mm. Are they slumping down? Are they frustrated? Are they screaming and shouting? There's a big clue. <laughs> I mean, are they acting out of the ordinary, like, you know, being disruptive? Mm -hmm. You know, part of that is self-esteem. If they're mm -hmm. being disrupted to get your attention, it means that A, their self-esteem is low. B, they need your attention to ask you a question. To, mm -hmm. and, and they need that one, that interaction. So, um, and you have to figure out how to work with that interaction because everybody is different. Not mm -hmm. all of us are huggy people like me. Most people are not. So just letting you know. Um, so you have to kind of work with that. I'm just being mm -hmm. up front there. So um, I'm the warm, fuzzy type. Not everybody is. Some people are, we all have different personalities for a reason. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me what the reason is. I'm still figuring <laughs> that out. I'm 52 years old. So anyway, <laughs> it's a long story short. So, um, I mean, there's so many different ways to look out for the self-esteem. I mean, I mean, look at their interactions with their friends and how mm -hmm. they're literally just looking at their their um, facial expressions, looking at how they talk about themselves. I mean, what are the words that are coming out of their mouth that's negative? You know, mm -hmm. there are negative phrases that they probably hear and then they regurgitate that information. I say that loosely, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, and, and it's just because Kids are one of those mimicky people. They love to mimic anything they hear and see. So if you're saying something negative or if they're hearing it from another source, because you don't know what's going on in their lives outside of school. So you need to understand whatever they're hearing, they're repeating it to you or to anybody else on what they're saying. And mm -hmm. you're going to pick up on that. But you're also going to pick up by watching how they play with each other and how they play with their friends and how they interact with the students. And then you can tell because the ones who are generally shy are going to be the ones that generally have more of a self-esteem issue. Mm -hmm. The ones who are bullies are going to have a self-esteem issue. The clowns want attention. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a self-esteem issue. That may leave the normal people. Well, guess what? They may have it. They just hide it well, but they may have it too. But you have to look for the signs. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, but those are different ways to kind of pinpoint if you have a clown in your class. And I know that we've been in classrooms, even as kids, we can know and pinpoint, okay, the ones who acted like the class clown, ah, mm -hmm. you might have had a self-esteem issue uh, and wanted attention. Mm -hmm. I hope you didn't see the fly that just went past my screen. <laughs> Gotta love it during my live recordings. You never knew what was going to happen. But anyway, long story short, those are kinds of those, those are some of the signs that you can see and the behaviors that you can tell. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I could go on and on about that. But I mean, those are just some tips that, I mean, just literally look for the signs, look for people's postures. You can tell when you're slumped down. They're kind of, kind of sad. Sometimes they're not even sad. Sometimes they're happy, but they're kind of like deep in thought. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're, um, 
sometimes they kind of got that frustrated look on their face. I mean, there's so many different ways of doing it. I mean, you could go Google it. It, it will tell you all the symptoms and stuff and, and stuff like that. It's my suggestion. But those are just only a handful of tips that mm-hmm. I would suggest. I mean, hopefully that helped clear up that. But um, that's just one area. So and there was something else you wanted me to ask. And I know I couldn't remember what the question was. So. I can't remember either now that because this is just so so fascinating to me um maybe it'll come back to us later <laughs> who knows after who we knows? Maybe it'll come back at midnight who knows um see, i'm not the only one that thinks like that <laughs> see we should be writing these questions down <laughs> like I, I love i love just talking and getting the free form because you find out so much good information and um i want to go back to your book though and you're turning this into a series right you correct so and this will kind of tie in with marketing too of, so you wrote this book as uh, an assignment and then you saw that it had uh, value and was hitting an untapped market. Correct. So how did you decide that you want to make this a series? Um, how were you getting this out? How were you, how were you finding ways to touch the people that were um, most in need of this. Hey guys, at the end of every month, I'm planning to do a Q&A special answering all of your questions, either about what we just talked about or anything in between. I'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if I can. If you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question there and I'll be able to get it I'll be able to answer it on the next episode, on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. Um, One of them is uh, the way, uh, this is going to be another rabbit hole. Because <laughs> there's what... a lot of questions. So hopefully I can remember them in order. But okay, so... The point of my series mm-hmm. is to a have a teaching point, which is ex- about acceptance is a choice, but about teaching them about what each disability is like, being a clear definition of it, and um, mm-hmm. showcasing how the you're seeing it through the lens of the child so whatever the learning disability is like in this case dyslexia you're walking through the through the day and seeing it through the lens of the child and and you're going through their perspective and here is why i wanted people to really understand that this is um what's the word i'm looking for uh that this is really it's really about hmm how's the best way to put it um basically it has a lot more to do with giving people a a, a perspective Mm -hmm. on what a child is going through Mm -hmm. that has this learning disability because sometimes until we see what another person is going through and stepping into their shoes we have no concept of what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis i think Mm -hmm. that was what i was trying to drive at and because we have that opportunity to with these books with the book series i'm putting together um we're having that opportunity to see it through the lens of a child that's going to give us a unique perspective interview you're frozen by the way hopefully you 
hopefully you'll unfreeze soon. There you go. <laughs> so, um, but hopefully the series, um, what the goal for the series is to do with each, what I did with the first book and each learning disability is going to see it through that shut lens of the child so that mm -hmm. we can experience what they experience and see their frustrations and kind of get a better understanding of how they are and why they are like that in the in a clear definition of what the word means so um we can understand and accept okay this is how they are but this is how we can also help mm. um and the other part of it is uh everyone's gonna every one of the books are gonna have a spelling words only five like i said keep it simple <laughs> uh following that strategy there so keep a few simple words that I, they are a little because it's geared more for elementary school ages, but literally anyone can read them. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's to gear towards, you know, let's let's have a few more, you know, complicated words introduced to it and stuff like they might not know what the learning disability is. So dyslexia is one, you know, for example, mm -hmm. I might introduce the name of a specialist and define what that is in simple, simple terms, not necessarily written down from copied from a from a dictionary thing but just literally simplified forms of definitions mm -hmm. so that they can have an understanding of what the meanings are too because one of the things i did wish some of the children's books i read growing up had was a definitions for some of the books <laughs> terminologies because mm -hmm. i was like having to go look it up this saves you from looking it up <laughs> so you know what i mean but it's also good for using in the classroom or in a homeschooling or environment or whatever it is that you're using for it whether you're a tutor or whatever mm -hmm. um it's also a good tool for to use for learning for that as well and i'm also using um like i i also created a um handout mm -hmm. uh so it's like a What's the word like a worksheet mm -hmm. so the first one's going to be about this you know the dyslexia and how it's like a matching game and they have to correct the sp correctly spell word with the incorrect spelling mm -hmm. word incorrect spelling word sorry my terminology is off today <laughs> so um and just kind of learn to do like a draw a line to match it simple mm -hmm. easy um like i said simple directions easy to learn maybe i don't think it was more than 10 of them on there but might have been less but anyway the point is though it's to get the concept and reinforce this is how the child sees it and i have a facebook group too that's also bubble bear special problem mm -hmm. so we go in there and i'm building a community in there to help parents and teachers to support that mm -hmm. so go into facebook and look for bubble bears special problem and it's a I should say membership group so that way just i think there's another one out there so that way mine's distinguished and different from others but i'm well, building and a we can link it in the show notes too so that people can yeah. get yeah that'll be perfect and it's a free right now it's a free membership group for mm -hmm. right now because i only have a couple of local parents in there but i'm actually um haven't done a whole lot with it i've got to add some things but what i'm doing is i'm finding articles not necessarily ones i've written but ones that um other people have written and showcasing what the different learning disabilities are and then i'm going to be putting my worksheets in there and eventually doing other cool things in there too as we grow our community but that's it for now because I have too many other projects I'm doing right now. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, I try to keep it simple and not too time-consuming for me. But um, but still be able to give and help that community of people that you know. And eventually, I'm gonna have to get some moderators in the group. <laughs> but 
when we grow it. But yeah, I don't have very many, but it's, it's something I'm working on building. So I mm -hmm. would love to be able to um, have more members in it because I want to be able to give um, support to the teachers and to the parents who are dealing with children who have the learning disabilities and provide them as much information and connect them with people who might be able to help them. Because mm -hmm. I had tons of people on LinkedIn and some of them which I've reached out to that talk about different learning disabilities and some are for dyslexia and some are for autism and some are for different areas. So I have resources and people to reach out to if I, if parents or teachers need help with those resources. So I want to be able to like bridge and bring it, become like a bridge and give that and bridge the gap between that kind of community so that people have like a resource to go to. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, like I said, it's my way of giving back to our community. Um, Cause I taught, like I said, for 20 years. So um, anyway, so that's an interesting experience in itself, but, but that's why I did the book series. Cause I, I taught for, I was going into the, when I started the book, mm -hmm. I'm now I'm re recapping a little bit. When I started the book, it was because I was going into my teaching career. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm finally finished with my teaching career, I've actually spent 20 years lear learning about all these different learning disabilities and seeing what these kids have been going through mm -hmm. and understanding more about it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to now go back as, you know, someone whose teacher has had the experience of working with them and I could go back and come in with a different fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. So, and provide that perspective for parents and teachers and so forth. So, and the students themselves. So that's why I have that and I probably didn't finish covering everything, but I can't remember all of what it was. <laughs> and it's not an age thing. I just, it's been that way since I was a kid. So just saying, I'll walk into, I don't know if you've experienced it, but I'll walk into a room and they're like, so what did I was coming in here for? Yep. And then yep. I'll come back out and they're like, now I remember that I'll go back in. <laughs> that, there's that phenomenon of, yeah, something about door frames and how your mind just, <laughs> nope, no more. Yep. yep, yep, it goes right out the window, it comes yep. right back in when you, yep, it's just, it's, a, it's an association thing too, I think, so I, I can't explain it, it's, I think it's, it's a phenomenon, I even watched my son, teenage son, do that, like, in the last three months, and I'm like, oh, so I know it's not an age thing, <laughs> <laughs> even goes with this generation, good, I feel better, mm -hmm. so anyway, okay, so, yeah, and, and, yeah, that has nothing to do with learning disabilities, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's my disclaimer i think that's just everybody that's we can For all sure. relate to having those temporary moments of forgetfulness like so what was that about? oh yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> okay Absolutely. nothing to do with our topic but anyway no, this is, it's free form um so going back to i love that you started talking about the community build behind it and you know for marketing that's really important but also i think just in terms of like the actual altruistic reason of having people connected together to help solve things and so how did you did you start doing that um like methodically or did it just kind of fall into place it sort of fell into place because i had people ask me i want to get on your email list which i had no email list for that at the time and i've got a I actually have a list of contacts that i need to get in touch with and say we have this facebook group and i now have a software that can handle that kind of stuff so i not need to get them on a separate list but man it's just like 
I have too many other projects to think about, so I haven't been able to get to everything. But the key thing was, was I wanted to build that community because I had people reaching out to me. So how do we connect with you? How do we learn more? When do we, and I keep pushing back the project deadline of when we're going to launch the book because um, my publisher's in the, in the separate subject in the Philippines. And so Philippines have had so many disasters from natural disasters with their, you know, flooding and all sorts of other crazy stuff going on between October and March and then between March in June or March in May, uh, maybe even February, they literally like shut down and was mm-hmm. quarantined by neighborhood because of the COVID situation. So um, COVID nineteen changed the world, I think, literally yeah. in the in that in like a moment's notice. So yeah, interesting concept. But anyway, but the point was we had to put the project on hold because his internet connection wasn't always available to get him to work on the project with uh, with me so sometimes you have to put things on hold and, sure. and revisit it and hopefully we'll revisit it uh this month and hopefully we'll get it written up because it's halfway done it's it's most of the way done technically but i got a new illustrator and got some tweaks done to it and now i'm just getting the wording i'm a bit of a part-time perfectionist so <laughs> good isn't always good enough <laughs> I don't know if anyone who's a perfectionist can relate to that. But anyway, um, in, in when it comes to putting out a first book, some people say, oh, just get it done. I says, yeah, but I want to get it done in a way where it's going to make the bestsellers list without having to have too many conflicts of like, well, this spelling word was wrong mm-hmm. or this concept was wrong. And I mean, I'm not sending out a crappy project. Okay, that's just, if I'm going to put money and time to it, I want a good product. And mm-hmm. if it's not going to be a good product, I'm not going to put it out until it's ready because Mm -hmm. that's just because it reflects me. It reflects on the brand. And if I'm going to generate a first book, it better be darn well, good, polished. And so we've had a few little hangups with the, with that part, with the piece of that. So we're just trying to tweak things and get things all lined up perfectly with the illustrations and the wording and all that kind of fun stuff. So long story short, but yeah, it's coming together. It's, hopefully launching in august <laughs> but we haven't quite be able to get back together and talk to my publisher and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get that straight but anyway um but i mean literally the final thing is literally getting the wording done and everything polished and then it's literally golden once mm-hmm. everything is all polished up but it's i think a lot of it's going to be have to be on my end to get it all so it's worded and stuff mm-hmm. and i've had enough proofreaders with eyes on it so now i just got to get it all the pictures and the words so that it all blends together somehow like and then send off the copy to my illustrator to my publisher so but that's after the taxes <laughs> i'm not doing it until after the 15th i'm sorry I, I am limiting the amount of distractions between now and the 15th <laughs> I, I believe in you marie like i said you can do it i'm not worried about it i'm gonna get it done <laughs> I had to say that because that was going public, but at the same time, it's like, I have to get it down. It's like, I don't want to have a choice anymore. It's like, we're all, t- we're all the deadlines in the year. Right. So I don't know about you, but when I have a deadline, I need it as much as I can. <laughs> I'm the same way, except that I will do it the 24 hours before the deadline. <laughs> well, I have like at least a week's worth of work to get to that point. So <laughs> I can't wait to like the very last minute because mine's not like an easy peasy thing. I have mm-hmm. to itemize and all that fun stuff. Oh, 
not fun. But anyway, uh, for those who are non-tax people, some people love the numbers and geek out over that stuff. I love people like that. But I cannot be like one of them. <laughs> so. They are, they are a, a fascinating unicorn. They are just. Oh, totally. I, I appreciate every one of them, yes. trust me, especially during tax season. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and my hat's off to you all for being able to crunch the numbers and get it to look right. And, and oh, my gosh, you guys are phenomenal we, we admire you don't we like, yeah anybody who has the, their niche whatever that may be that's listening i don't know who your audience is but i mean if they're listening and they're got a different niche we, we admire anybody who has a different niche than us because you know we all can work with together collaboratively you know and it's mm -hmm. just, I, I i cringe when people say oh it's competition not really no, no. <laughs> it's, it's collaborating it's called right. let's work together because you never know somebody might know somebody you might want to work with and it might benefit you so Absolutely. um yeah so it's all about collaboration i guess it's a good lead-in for marketing yeah <laughs> Uh, don't mind me. I just had that natural flow of conversation, I guess. So No, let's dive into it. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to know about the marketing part? Because I'm not sure where your, your question was for that. So uh, the question was about um, the uh, methodology of building your community to help help them, but also to promote your books. Okay, so for helping build the community on Facebook and, and doing like email and stuff like that. Okay, so basically the community is there to support um, the parents and the teachers who are and caregivers of anyone who's working with learning disabled students because there's babysitters, tutors, specialists, you name it. There's a whole ton of support for people who have that um, learning disability mm -hmm. and or disability. And um I'm, my whole preface of and point of that is to make sure that I provide um, help with the parents and help and connecting the parents and the teachers and the resources mm -hmm. and literally make it more so that they have resources at their disposal. They can connect with each other and also ask questions to each other because mm -hmm. wouldn't it be nice if you had a teacher that you didn't even know from your school system and they can ask them and you know in a safe community oh blah 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 and oh well that and they were like well this has been my experience and blah 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 and they can give each other and okay i'm i'm doing the cartoon version the blah 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 thing <laughs> anyway um the point is though they can give their insight into a situation that would be different than what their teacher is but at the same time it's more like let's just learn from one another mm -hmm. and help each other through life's hurdles when you're dealing with situations and, and children who are going through struggles and let's figure out what we could do to help them to move forward and to grow academically and personally um making sure we take the social and emotional aspects of that too and not just the academic part you know look at the whole person um i mean when even in my marketing i'd look at everybody as a whole person not just as a number um i want to address all sorts of different topics which is why my radio show is all about that. But anyway, but that's a different story. But um, but the long story short of it is building a community where we can literally support each other and help give good um, information and feedback because we can learn somebody has one perspective that's different than ours can help us um, view a child or 
view a situation differently mm -hmm. um, and maybe change the direction of where that child is going for a lifetime. And just having a small role in that and just orchestrating that is is kind of pretty much a blessing for me. It's more like, because I want to be able to, like I said, to be able to give back to the teaching community and to help parents. And, and when I've talked to parents and, and teachers are all like, we need this. So mm -hmm. I know I'm on the right track and it's the right time because I wrote it over 30 years ago. And yeah, I'm dating myself, but it's okay. I already <laughs> said I was 52, but no big deal. Age is a number, just saying. Right. Um, I'm as young as I've ever felt, by the way, except for when I'm sick and then I feel like I'm ancient history, <laughs> <laughs> which is very rare, by the way. I'm getting older, I'm getting healthier. I don't get that, but that's just the way it is. Um, so there you go. But uh, there's something to be said about that. So um, some of us are getting the opposite. Most of us are like me. So anyway, <laughs> long story short of it is that I um, literally just want to be able to provide support and to help them get the right information, maybe be able to communicate with each other, mm -hmm. um, just to get feedback and information and insight to something. Share information is the key thing because we're mm -hmm. literally there to help um, and just really help those children succeed mm -hmm. in, in whatever ways and means we need to do it. And sometimes with the way that things are with COVID and we're not sure how the falls even, <laughs> Virginia right. still deciding whether we're opening up for the fall and when that we still don't know mm -hmm. um especially each county and community is different so each state's doing it each country is doing it a little differently so and what that looks like to you is going to be different you know so right. we need other resources to tap into so i want to be able to provide like i said provide those resources for the teachers and the parents mm -hmm. and um be like a supportive community for those children and the people working with those children. And that's really what it boils down to. That's so your full-time is marketing, right? Correct. So mm -hmm. did you find a, your passion for that through like projects like this or did, was it teaching? Like, how did you get from teacher to marketer? <laughs> That's a wild question. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, um, I taught for, like I said, 20 years in mm -hmm. the field of, and off and on because, you know, I never was in a job for more than a year or two or two and a half, I think was the most I've ever did. And then I did my home daycare for five years. And I think one of the things I did was while I was doing my home daycare, I had to market my own business. So I had to figure out ways to do that. So that was one way. I did direct marketing for a health and wellness company for mm -hmm. 22 years because I don't want to get into trouble. I don't want to name the name no. and try to promote the business. And um, I'm not, I'm, I'm there on paper. I'm not actively building it right now because I'm focused on my marketing and business and my book and my podcasting. So I really don't have a whole lot of time to do that right now, but mm -hmm. um, it's a great company. And I learned a lot of my um, marketing skills, my basic uh, leadership con um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, the leadership skills for the last, I can't think of the other word, but anyway, any of my leadership skills and thought process and mindset, mm -hmm. I learned from them as well. 
Um, I've learned, I take a lot of that basic concepts and put it into my business. The difference is I don't do direct marketing in my business. So, um, but I'm still kind of doing a similar con, I mean, some, I just take the similar leadership, basic fundamentals, you know, of leadership and I apply it into my business. Um, cause I do lead a team and my marketing team. So we have a marketing and production team and phenomenal group of people from all over the world. And, um, so going from a teaching background into marketing um i always wanted to own my own company mm. and i learned a lot from that other company for 22 years but after a while it gets stale even though they do bring in fresh methods here and there trickling in and new products to learn but it just wasn't exciting to me anymore and i mm. was more getting more and more frustrated because i was dealing with people's personalities and they were different than mine were and didn't always work well together mm -hmm. um to be blunt <laughs> so i decided it was time to find something else and mm -hmm. it wasn't anything reflective of them or anything that anyone did in particular say it was more of okay this was a time for me to move on um so i took all my experiences all my education i did a really big deep dive self-evaluation back in 2016 to 2017 and while i was job hunting because you kind of had to figure out you know what you're good at so you can showcase that when you're job hunting okay so i got tired of job hunting and i found but i was at the point where i had to put myself out there so i went on this job site and they wanted you to have uh, it was for virtual assistants and okay. they wanted you to have a website where, and they wanted you to pay for their job board. <laughs> I had no money to pay. I wasn't jobless, right? So I'm like, that wasn't going to happen. But I thought about the website. Well, if I'm going to spend all this time to create a website for them, why don't I just create it for my own company and start my own stuff? Mm -hmm. And I was going to make it free for the people who are working for me. They weren't going to have to be paying me. Um, because it doesn't make sense to pay somebody to work, to get a job. Right. It, I mean, just to me, that made no sense. So I don't post jobs on my website, but I do, um, offer virtual assistants to come to me and talk to them and I interview them. I get their background, I get their skills and I get check on their personality. I like to make sure everything's, they understand my concept. They understand what I'm trying to accomplish mm -hmm. and that if we are a good fit to work together. And then if I do, I bring them on board. I train them in my methods and I do have methods and I do have stuff that I like to do. So mm -hmm. yeah, they're going to learn <laughs> and they don't learn a lot of free stuff. I don't do the paid stuff as much as I've, Whatever I have that's available to me, they have available to, including any of my mentorship, they have availability for that too. So um, they get that. And in exchange, um, we do an internship with them first to test them out. And then we work with them once we get clients. They get, um, they also can, if they want to make extra money, they can also become lead generators and learn our process, which is really super simple. It's, it, people make it more complicated in their minds than most people deal with. And I'm like, it's not that complicated, really, technically speaking. <clears throat> I keep it as simple, as basic as possible. Um, and I've, we're, we've been doing a, doing a launching of that this week, and I'm super excited about the results. So we'll, we'll see at the end of the week, we'll see what the results are like. And boy, that's tomorrow. I can't believe tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to see how our, our launch is going and seeing how that works. But it takes, but people need to be, clear about one thing when they're doing marketing it's not a one and done it's not mm -hmm. set it and forget it you have to be consistent 
constantly mm -hmm. putting yourself out there, even when you're working with people, like if you're a service-based industry, because I work with coaches and speakers and business owners, most of them are service-based, especially the coaches and speakers. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with service-based industry, you have to still be able to market yourself because you never know when the client has to go away. Mm -hmm. COVID's hit us all pretty hard. Sure. So you have to constantly put yourself out there daily. You have to have daily habits, weekly habits, and, and weekly and monthly and like 60, 90, 60, to, uh, six, 60, 90 day habits and quarterly, six months, year long mm -hmm. habits and also goals. Mm -hmm. And you need to plan all that out. And here's why you need to have a short term goal, midterm goal and a long range goal. Mm -hmm. And they, your the short term and midterm goal need to connect with your long term goal. What is it you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. So start with the end in the mind, which is your what long term goal. Work it way back down to what you need to do daily. Whatever you're doing daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly, and then six months, a year long, and then two years, whatever it is, whatever that looks like to you needs to tap into that long-term vision that you have everybody mm -hmm. who's learned goals know this this is not an unusual mm -hmm. this is not new this is normal but you need to be able to really start at the top and work your way backwards and then that's going to dictate what you do on a daily weekly and monthly because you have to have these daily habits pick mm -hmm. the five daily habits three to five doesn't have to be five but i would recommend not more than five because our brains can't really go past five um and, and keep them consistent. I know what kind of content I need to do out on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And I keep that endless and I get to measure it every week to month and stuff. So, I mean, you just need to be able to track that and you need to be able to make sure you have a specific date at the end of that. I know I'm probably going down a different rabbit hole than you planned. No, actually, I was going to say that that is... Um not only marketing that like those that's for any goal setting and I think that that's a great right. you know like if you're not a marketer but you still need to accomplish something like that's that's the method you should use and so take those marketing um tips yes take those yeah. marketing tips and just use them in your own life but yeah in any uh, area yeah. yeah, you can do it in marketing, you can do it in any business, you can do it in any kind of goal. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to learn um, the cello, for example, not that I ever planned to, but I have a, <laughs> I have a sister who did, and she learned that she has a business around it now, so go figure. But um, long story short, though, I mean, whatever your goal is, I mean, mm -hmm. what if you want to learn Japanese, you know, what does that look like to you? Take that, take that long-term goal why you wanted and it the long-term goal really is your why why is it that you're accomplishing this mm -hmm. and then work your way down to the list and then it will narrow down to those five daily habits that will help you achieve those goals mm -hmm. and 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 it, it, i even have a workbook on that too so i can give you that link as well yeah, but please. yeah i yeah so i did that too so um but anyway long story short though i mean know what your why know when you're doing marketing you need to know what your why is you need to know who you who one you need to know what it is you're offering people make sure it's a problem that you're solving for them not just what you're giving out don't say it's all about me 
Mm -hmm. It has to be more focused on them. This is what I hear about lots of professional marketers. Let me know when your time's up. So when you're getting to um, getting to that point when you're ready to market, make sure you know what problem you're trying to solve for that person. Make make a clear statement. Then also make sure you know who your target market is. I mean, get real, get really focused. I mean, not just geographically. What is it that person looks like to you? You know, get real. There's there's two different aspects to it, and I think I've got several things that can help with that. I have a marketing course that's on that too, and a marketing workbook. But anyway, the court and that gets in a deep dive on that. And then I've got um, what else is there? Oh, you need to make sure that okay. Let's recap. You need to know what the problem you're solving, what it is that your target, who your target market is, and then what do you do to solve that problem. If you know those three aspects of marketing, and you also need to know the tactics are okay, but you need to, and creating the hook is okay and everything, and that's all pieces of it. Mm-hmm. But you need to know those those three first, and make sure you focus more on them and less on you. You're mm-hmm. going to have a lot better reach. But when you need help with that, then turn to marketing agencies or companies or people, individuals, and then talk to them and, and see how they can help you. Because there's different strategies to do that. There's different ways and methods of getting that marketing out there. But you need to find out what works, what method works best for you and, and whether or not you're ready to outsource it to someone like myself or like a team or like I have a team as well. So um, it just depends on where they're at at that point. But the key thing is, if you need those three pieces to know, to really define what your marketing is, what your marketing goals are. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helped a little bit. I know we're like almost an hour. I can't believe it's been almost an hour. <laughs> we just start talking and just start going. So um, I guess let's finish up with how can people find out more information about you? Um, do you want me to give you the, the what do you want me to give you my, my, Facebook group community. I mean, just give me an idea what you want. How does that look like? Oh yeah, like your your website. Um, so you can talk about your radio show. Okay, so uh, if they go to iHeartRadio and just look up Marketing Mindset Mastery, that's the name of the radio show, or Marie Mason, mm-hmm. they will find my show up there. Also, it's on Pandora. You know, to look it up on Pandora. I'm trying to think of what else. Um iHeartRadio, sorry, I'm repeating myself. So iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and even on Apple, and it should be mm. on there. Um, I, I They can go to W4CY.com and actually look me up. I actually have a really cool poster on there. So, um, and I have a page on there. I don't have much on there right now because I have to go in there and update it, but I'm waiting until after taxes are done because it's <laughs> just too much stuff to get done right now. So there you go. Um, and then if you go into Bubble Bear's membership it is a private group because i want to protect people Mm -hmm. unfortunately there's only four members in there but that's okay four members is a good start and i don't post much right now i will be after the 15th so um as we get closer to the school year i'll be posting more stuff just so you know um and then they're going to be there's going to be it's units in there in the group and those mm-hmm. units are going to be talking about resources for dyslexia, auditory processing is in there, um, dyslexia, and I'm probably really butchering it, but I think that's um, <laughs> the math dyslexia. Uh, there's resources on ADHD right now. There's going to be more um, stuff, articles going in there, like I said, later after 
the second half of the summer. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I'm like I said, got to wrap up some important stuff first. <laughs> so anyway, not that that's not important, but it's a small group right now, and and small groups are a good way to start. Just saying, mm -hmm. and I love everybody that's in there. Just so you know, make sure that um, we're a small group, but we're willing to grow, and we're willing to grow and provide support to the teachers and parents and people who are working with our disabled students because we want to provide that. Um, extra support for you. Um, so, because um, everybody needs that little extra support. Um, it, it, what's the old phrase? It takes a village to raise a child. Yep. Uh, it really does. Mm -hmm. It also takes a village to raise a senior, I found out, because my mom's in that <laughs> category. So, that's a whole different subject matter for another day. But anyway, um, but yeah, but anyway, it, and I have a, I tease my VA community, my virtual assistant community is what VA stands for, not Virginia. But anyway, because um, I've had people ask me, trust me. It was an interesting conversation one day, but the long story short is um, I also had this, it takes a village to raise a, a virtual assistant. So there you, there you go. go. I'm going to coin that <laughs> phrase. But my website is libertyvirtualsolutions.com. That's a solutions with an S. And um, they are welcome to go in there. I am actually in the processes of updating my services and my pricing point. So what you see there is not currently what's going to be available. I have PDFs hands out for those who are interested in the services. Um, I have them in different packages. And, and so for each of them have different pricing points. Mm -hmm. So if they want to discuss it with me, they could get a discovery call at canonly.com forward slash Marie V. Mason. And they're welcome to get on a discovery call with me and learn what that is. And we can find out what we can do to help them, see if we can work together. Awesome. So. Well, thank you so much, Maria. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and having me on the show. This is kind of fun. And Hey guys, Megan here. Before you go, I would love to ask a favor of you. It is so helpful to have reviews on new podcasts as it really helps iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those guys find out that you're really enjoying it and that they should show it to new people. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving a quick review about what you think about the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you next week. On the next episode... There was an endless reserve of support coming from somewhere for everybody who needs it. But there's a lot of resentment, I think, attached on the responsibility of parents, especially if you were not shown that as a kid. And that's something I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit um, for people who are going to co-parent, like if the, the child isn't here yet, or people who already have the child. What sort of signs do you recommend people look for that signify, I'm going to have to have a conversation